You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject I have coming up for you on this instalment of the show is Maya Shining from the Danish outfit Forever Still. The reason for the conversation is to promote the band's brand new album, which will be released, I believe, certainly in Australia, on the 29th of March 2019. It is called Breathing Colours. So let's have a listen to what Maya has to say. Here we go. Been happening? How's the, how's the Aussie how's the Aussie phonogram treating you? Are we are we an interesting bunch for you to talk to? You're wonderful, guys. <laughs> cool. Have you spoken to us before? You've probably spoken to heaps of Australians before, but have you done this this media thing with the Australian indie journos before? No, I don't think so. Yeah. How do we compare? I always like asking this question because I get such varied responses. But how are we compared to the rest of the world? Well, honestly, I think, to, to be completely honest, I think you're just as mixed a bunch as anyone else, but overall very friendly and, and conversational. Yeah, yeah, I, actually, that if I did get a common piece of feedback, it would be that, that, you know what, if you're from an English-speaking <laughs> background, you're fairly similar, but I do find that I think the Australian media contingent, we do try to be very congenial, meaning that we true, do try to be as friendly as we possibly can, exactly like what you said. Well, that's nice too, because that's what you want to do when you do an interview. You want to actually speak to people and, and have a conversation and not just, okay, yes. You know, it's, it's nicer to talk to a friend, you know? Oh, yeah, it, it is a lot like that. And I was actually yeah. watching one of your interviews with somebody. It was a young lady. I'm not sure which country she was from. Uh-huh. I'm going to take a stab and say it was Germany. Um, but like, don't get me wrong. I'm not being critical, but I was looking at the way that she was interviewing you and she wasn't listening to your response to questions. It's like she had a piece of paper with questions and she's posted this on YouTube and she's asking you the questions, not listening to your responses, just waiting for you to finish what you're talking about and then going on to the next question, which often had nothing to do with the previous question that was asked. Yeah, well, I find that when people do that, it's because they're nervous or very new because then they're so focused on those damn questions instead of actually, you know, having the conversation and having the flow. So I think most of the times it's it's nerves, really. Yeah, I remember I'm about 400 of these down now. So um, <laughs> so you've done it before. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually wish I got nervous because the first person that I ever interviewed doing this thing about three years ago now was uh-huh. um, Vinnie Apice or Vinnie Apice or however you pronounce your surname there, but, you know, the Black Sabbath drummer. Yeah, yeah. And I love Dehumanizer. I love Black Sabbath. I mean, who doesn't as a heavy metal fan? But I love Dehumanizer yeah. in particular. Love Dio. Love what they were doing on that album there. So I was like, oh, God, he's the guy who made that album sound so fantastic. I was uh-huh. nervous as get out. So I look, I, I'm, as I say, I'm not being critical of the young lady that interviewed you on YouTube. I'm simply pointing out that, yeah, you sort of got to ease yourself into these sorts of things, haven't you? But yeah. uh, I think you handled the interview that I, I was uh, I was watching very well, actually. I've got, to, I've got to hand that to you. You knew that, I think you could sense that she was a bit nervous and a bit new with it all and you didn't, uh, you didn't bite. You know what I mean? No, you know, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've done a couple of them as well uh, at, at this point and at that point too. So, you know, you just get used to the gist of it and you, you're going to experience so many different people and some of them are going to ask you, you know, stupid question or not even know your band name or, or something like that. And, oh, you know, yeah. it just... Yeah. Oh God. Yes. You just, you know, it, it all happens, and you just deal with it in a, in a positive manner. Well, I was I was watching a interview. This is a famous interview between Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins 
Okay. And and Nick Cave, he's an Australian. You probably know him. You probably heard of him before. Oh, I do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so Nick Cave famously doesn't take any shit from anybody, and it gives people very short thrift. And <laughs> Billy Corgan, this is when they were very young, right? So it was probably Lollapalooza '92 or '93, maybe I don't know, around about that time, anyway. But Nick wasn't was visually very frustrated with the fact that Billy was asking him questions that he'd been asked before. It was yeah. like it was like, what the hell are you doing, mate? Do you even know? And then he did the worst thing you can do to an Australian, with all due respect to my English friends, my very good English friends out there, calling an Australian in Eng- someone from England. You don't do that. Oh, <laughs> no, no, that's a no go. Yeah, <laughs> any nothing against the English, but you know we're very we're not. I would say we're very similar, but you know, it's a, in terms of sporting rivalry, when it comes to the cricket and the rugby, you don't confuse us. It's just not something to do. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, it's yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's just national pride. I think a lot of countries have that. You know? Yeah, I think national pride these days is really related to the sporting field too, isn't it? I mean, I'm oh yeah, I'm devastated for how shit the Wallabies are these days. They're our rugby side because uh, I shouldn't oh. say shit, but they're not very good anymore. But we won two World Cups and very good team for a long time. And and I'm the uni. I'm I'm in my forties and I'm back at uni, and uh-huh. so I'm I'm the resident mature age student talking to all the seventeen and eighteen year olds. It's a real thrill for me. <laughs> some of them some of them do play for the uni's rugby club, and I'm I'm interviewing them because I'm doing journalism. Surprise, surprise, if I'm doing this, I'm doing journalism at uni. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of reconnecting uh, with some of these guys that will probably will play for the Wallabies uh, in the next sort of five years or so. So I'm, um, I'm getting to know some of these guys and it's really nice to be able to do that. Yeah, and, I can uh, only imagine. It's not even a sport we have here. <laughs> yeah, I think you do play it. I'm pretty sure you play the sevens and I think you do have a senior team. It's just because it's not your, you know, you don't play it in school and... A lot of yeah, youth... and I've never seen it on, you know, television here. So, you know, it it has to be hidden away a little bit at least. Well, I think we can get uh, Mary Donaldson, your princess, to start talking about it a little bit. What do you reckon? Oh, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> yeah, you know. Look, I better ask you some questions about this wonderful album of yours here. Okay, so um, look, of course, I know the name of your band. It's Forever Still. And the name of That's the album... Cool. Is breathing colours okay? So, so far, so good. So far, so good on that one. And look, yeah. I, I have actually been listening to it. Okay, so I want to share a couple of things with you because when I listen to an album, I typically have it on in the background, and things start jumping out at me when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm doing that because, you know, as yeah. an indie journey, you get so much stuff from Nuclear Blast and all the other labels. Oh, yeah. It's the best way to do it. So, here's here's what I thought. So. Um, uh, I hope you don't mind this first comparison, but I think it's a worthy comparison because they're such a great band, and that's within Temptation. Because I had uh-huh. a, that was front and center for me because I only had a chat to Sharon about two or three weeks ago. Oh so, yeah, cool. So I heard a little bit of that, but this next one I think will surprise you. But I hope it doesn't because I think it's a, another worthy comparison. Demi Lovato. Oh, I I have not heard her music, but she's a pop singer, right? She's a pop singer, and I'll be very specific on that. Your voices are very similar. Now, oh, fun! <laughs> you have a very similar tone and timbre. Now, she puts on the American accent as the pop singers need to. I get that because they've got to be successful over there for it to be worthwhile. Sure. But it's it's it was the cadence and the way that you carry the note. Do you know what I mean by that? I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, of course. I mean, I have to listen to her now to to hear if I agree because I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, look, it could have been something that I just individually picked up on and you listen to it and go, what the hell is he talking about? But, <laughs> but I heard it, so it, it was there. And, and of course, I loved what you did with the uh, the Nuclear Blast 
uh, video, the video on the nuclear blast page with the theremin, that cut. Oh, yeah. So, of course, the Beach Boys. And, I mean, I know it's a very, very thin link. I get that because you sound nothing, nothing like the Beach Boys. But I tell you where you did. You actually, it wasn't, the theremin was an integral part of the song. So it wasn't just mm-hmm. something that you bought in just for a gimmick. You actually thought about it. Yep. About how it would work. So, so look, after all of that, that's what I think. But for the people, because I'm re- going to release this as a podcast episode, if that's okay. Um, of course. For people listening, how would you describe the music that you guys have created on Breathing Colors? Well, it's always hard to say because as a, you know, as a musician and when you create something, you, it's so hard to put it down in words because you're like, oh, it can't be explained because you feel so super unique, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> just listen to it. Uh, but I feel like for us and maybe starting off, if people have listened to our older album, uh, Tied Down, I think this one has definitely yeah. gone a little more, you know, it's a little more curious. It has been exploring our sound and our music a little bit more. And I think we just define ourselves as a modern rock band. And I've heard the genre of uh, alternative metal put on us as well and melodic hard rock and, and all this stuff. And I, I think think the variety comes from just, you know, having a lot of different musical inspirations that come out on in our music and, and on this new album. So... Mm. Okay. And take this as a sincere compliment as well, because I've got two young daughters, five and four and five. And oh. I often, uh, listening to things in the background is a thing out of necessity because they're so demanding of time as kids are. But yeah. what I really appreciated about your music, so I really want you to take this as a compliment because it's great background music. You can have it on in the background and it doesn't intrude. Now, you've really mm-hmm. worked on the dynamic there. I can hear that. I can I can genuinely hear the jump from Tied Down because I did have a listen to Tied Down because I know you released that as an independent release prior to Nuclear Blast taking you guys on and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they re-released it as well in 2016. They did, yeah. Yeah, so I found that. I had a good listen to that and I can hear the progression. And the progression, oh, thank you. the progression comes from really focusing on. This is what I can I can hear, focusing on the dynamic. And the dynamic, dynamic. The problem with a lot of bands these days is that that whole loud soft thing, they're poles apart. But you guys mm-hmm. have managed to do it. But you've managed to do it on a on a rather narrow road, so as though it's not constantly jumping out of the speaker at you. You know these shitty yeah. iPhones, yeah. iPhone speakers, because it sounds <laughs> yeah a lot of heavy music sounds terrible on it. Right. I can't listen to death metal on these iPhone speakers, for example. It, no. It doesn't work, but your music I can. And I think. Thank you. Well, that's really yeah, important. That would be, you know. Oh, sorry about that. No, you're right. Go it's on. Really, no, it's really important, though. No, I'm finished. You go. It's really important. Because, <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. I, all credit for that goes to, to my co writer and, and live bass player, Mikkel, because he's the one who's been recording everything, he's been mixing it and mastering it. And. You know, he's been working with a lot of top artists in Denmark in, in all different genres. And he's just, I mean, from the first time we started writing together, I was super impressed with his sound. And, and he has also only gotten better since Tied Down. And, and I mean, when I listen to this new album next to that, I'm like, dude, you did a great job yeah. on the old one. But this one is just, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. So who was the, the producer that you guys chose to work with this time around? The same one as before, also <laughs> my co-writer and bass player, which okay. just been very, yeah, DIYing it from the get-go. Because, you know, when you just start out, you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of opportunities and possibilities. And the things you are going to create are just going to come from yourself. And lucky for us, Mikkel was so well-rounded in 
the music world and producing, mixing, mastering, all that already. So we really got a head start on that one. Mm-hmm. The other thing I like is the album cover. Now, I'll explain why I like it. I love the fact that you've got the binary, you know, the zero ones, and I'm sure that means something yeah. on there. So, so what does that mean behind you? So there's this wonderful portrait of you there, but behind you is these binary, binary figures. So what does, do they mean anything? Yeah, definitely. They're related to the album title, Breathe in Colors. And, you know, at first glance, the cover art can appear a little, you know, dark and gloomy. And, but in reality, it's the most colorful <laughs> album we've ever made. <laughs> mm. Because all that binary code is just, um, it spells out all the colors in the world. I so, knew it. I thought that would be the case. Not, not, I, knew, right? I knew it had to say something. So there you go. Right. It's awesome. Yeah, we just, we, we like the, being a little subtle with it because... That's a lot of the theme on the album as well, that there's so much color out in this world, but you have to look a little closer to find it. Sometimes it can seem a little, you know, dark and, and dreary at times. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about, you know, with, with the, the, your, your front-on portrait there being, there's going to be a lot of T-shirts around with your face on it. So you're going to see a lot of Europe, <laughs> in European festivals, you're going to see T-shirts with your face on it. So I guess that's pretty, pretty surreal at one level, isn't it? Uh, well, fingers crossed we are because, I mean, that that that, uh, that would mean the band and the music and the album is getting somewhere, so that would be cool. Honestly, I, 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 don't, I don't think about it too much. Uh, it's just I, I don't know if I even relate it so much to myself as, well, that's our album cover, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, for the album cover specifically, we wanted to have this mix of something very digital and very cold and, and, and cynical and the whole computer thing and mix it with this very warm and human thing to have the contrast that we mm. also have on on the album so honestly i don't think about it uh, too much <laughs> who's that uh, well. who's that talking to us talking to do you know the guys in amaranth at all they're also on nuclear blast yeah. i think yeah okay yeah. So it's to, and they've done something similar with their vocalist. I think they've made her the centerpiece. And I think that's really smart, okay? Because, look, everything else aside, I'm in my 40s, and I understand you guys have got to make a career out of these things. And, look, I hope you don't mind me saying this. You're a rather attractive young lady. And what that does is it gives people something to focus on, certainly from a visual aspect. And you've got to lead, lead with your best attributes, I believe. So Amaranth have done it. You guys have done it. And I think you're going to be better off for it. There's no point in having you hiding behind... The drum riser, a la Maynard from Tool. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? No. Like you've got to yeah, have, yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially in heavy metal, because it's not a genre that we typically. I know there are far more females that are doing it these days, and certainly when I was coming through. But there's mm -hmm. still not a great deal, is there? You're still in the absolute minority, so I think it's important that you do lead with this sort of stuff. Yeah, and, and it's true. It's still, I mean, there are definitely coming more women into rock and metal, but it is a heavier genre, and it's it's generally very male dominated still well for us it was just i know when i started writing with mikkel he got in touch with me and he was like i think your vocal is amazing and i i, I you know i think this was the thing worth pushing to you know actually being the centerpiece in the music so it was just you know it was a thing we were aware of from the start it was a strong vocal and we can make some really awesome music around it and and actually lift that up and well, I, I feel it's, it's you know, as, as a front, not only woman, but person in general, you're the one a lot of people are going to relate to because mm. you're the one, yeah, you're the one singing the words. Uh, and that's just automatically, you know, that's drawing people's attention. So uh, I, I think that being the main focus is just, it's, it's, it's not that strange to me. No, and it works because to, to your absolute point there, Mikkel, the way that the album has been mixed is that your vocal sits over everything. 
Okay, it's yeah. very, very prominent. So to have you on the album cover like that, and I know people download through Spotify and or they stream, sorry, through download uh, through Spotify and Apple Music and God knows whatever else there is out there these days. So they probably won't have an opportunity to have a look at the cover. But mm-hmm. one of the things that it's not—it's just one of those things that I notice. A lot of album cover illustration and the art that is chosen to be used with a lot of metal bands doesn't actually match the music that's contained within the, within the album itself. But in your case, that's it does. True. In your case, thank it does. you. Well, yeah, we we honestly, I know that a lot of people don't even buy physical stuff anymore, and it's only going to see like the artwork in this tiny minimized version. But we've still put a lot of thought into the album artwork and the booklet too, uh, because, mm. you know, it just, it just, for us, it mattered to have this well-rounded package and to have everything represent one another. I just want, maybe it's just me, but when, when, when I see an album cover, I, I want to look at it and at least have some idea what the band is going to sound like. Yes. So, so that's what we've been trying to go for. And, and obviously, yeah, you, you want to make something that grabs people attention when you, they, they hardly know, know you. I mean, a lot of bands can, can put out a, you know, and, all white or all black album cover oh, if God. they yeah. people already know who they are yeah. but if you don't you have to try and at least grab people's attention with something mm. well with the all white and all black thing i always say the beatles the beatles and um god what's that gimmick band sorry that that sang the song big bottom <laughs> what were they called you know they did the movie spinal tap god how could i forget oh yeah yeah i couldn't i remember as a kid when metallica released that that black album it was like dude mm-hmm. spinal tap did that about 15 years ago yeah. Like for at the time, it was like the all black album cover was so obvious and so not original, to be honest with you. But who cares? They sold yeah, billions yeah. of albums, didn't they? And well, bought yeah. mansions. <laughs> kind of makes up for it. <laughs> it does. Hey, I better do a time check. Have you have you got someone calling through um, now? Because of my fifth... yeah, in in one minute, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. I better leave you to it so they can get a cup of tea or what have you in the 30 seconds or so you've got left. But thanks heaps for the conversation and hope to see you down here in Australia. Oh, me too. And it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, eh? All the best with it. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was Maya Shining from the outfit Forever Still. Thank you so much for listening.